Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hot Topics in Pharmacy, the podcast where we talk with our members about success stories, best practices, and strategies for health system pharmacy practice. My name is Gabby Pierce, and today we'll be chatting with Brooke Rao and Kirsten Lopez about controlled room temperature shipping validations in a health system specialty pharmacy. Thank you both for joining us today. To start us off, could you give us just an overview of your specialty pharmacy and your practice site? And we could start with Brooke. Sure. The University of Kentucky Specialty Pharmacy and Infusion Services team has a unique model. We provide mail service to patients receiving specialty medications and also to those on non-specialty or what we like to call total care medications. We service and ship medications to patients in Kentucky and five surrounding states. We also have an ambulatory infusion center on site. That's awesome. I always like to hear about how different health system specialty pharmacies are set up since I know everyone does it just a little bit differently. So next, I was hoping, Brooke, that you could walk us through how your specialty pharmacy delivers medications to your patients and maybe give us a little bit of detail on your shipping process itself. Yeah. Around 85% of our medication orders that are being delivered to patient homes are done through a common carrier, mainly FedEx Express Priority Overnight. Most of our medications are delivered between 24 and 36 hours after packaging, with the exception of weekends. In cases where we need same-day delivery service or face contract restrictions, we use a third-party courier service that delivers orders to patients the same business day. We also offer prescription pickup at two of our outpatient pharmacies. I'm sure your patients appreciate having all those different options available to them. So when you first started working on this project, what was the purpose that you set and what were some of the goals? And Maybe Kirsten, you could give us a walkthrough of that. Yeah, so we began this project in um, 2020 to prepare for our upcoming URAC Specialty Pharmacy reaccreditation. Um, we were pursuing version 4.0, and those standards now included controlled room temperature products, whereas previous versions only applied to refrigerated products. So we were one of the first few pharmacies to go through this accreditation, and we were really struggling to find a packaging solution to meet these new controlled room temperature uh, shipping validation standards. So our goal was to reach the level of validation that our cold chain process possessed and as efficiently as possible. So for us, this meant we needed packaging that would maintain controlled room temperature for at least 36 hours, and ideally, it would be the same packaging and the same vendors. We already had a relationship, so we weren't adding in new vendors, stocking new solutions in our warehouse because most of us have warehouse issues and not a lot of storage space. I think it's great that you guys took what you had and tried to find a new solution for this, uh, for this problem. So after setting your goals, what were some of your next steps for enacting the validation strategy that you'd set out? So the first and most important step was to really understand the standard that was given to us and define what controlled room temperature was. The most commonly known range for room temp is 20 to 25 degrees Celsius. But if you actually read USP Chapter 659, which is the chapter on packaging and storage requirements, you'll see that it states... An article for which storage at controlled room temperature is directed may alternatively be stored and shipped in a cool or refrigerated place unless otherwise 
um, specified in the monograph or on the label. Um, this chapter also has some more acceptable excursions that were really um, important for us to take into consideration because we kind of struggled maintaining that really small temperature range of five degrees Celsius. You know, it's not cold, it's not warm, it's right there in the middle. So expanding that range was really vital in our process. Now that we had the defined range of two degrees Celsius to 30 degrees Celsius with mean kinetic temperature not exceeding 25 degrees Celsius, our goal of maintaining the, that range for 36 hours, which allowed us to package the medication at the pharmacy and then it still be in range once delivered to the patient and our preferred packaging material, we were ready to start the process of creating packouts to meet those requirements. Through networking with other pharmacy professionals, we were put into contact with a heat transfer engineer that was able to take our defined criteria, our packaging materials, our ISTA profile for our area, and he was able to create proposed packouts for our two seasonal profiles, which are summer and winter. The next step was testing these proposed packouts. So for the next 10 months, we were shipping about 40 tests to ensure that we had tested in all temperature ranges year round and making sure that those packouts that were created for us actually worked. Our process for true ship test is designed to mimic our day-to-day -day processes as much as possible. So, so for those, we use expired or mock drug and we bag it up as we would normally, but we put a Bluetooth temperature data logger in there and then we package it as we would for our patient. We also use an external Bluetooth data logger to try to get a look at what's going on both inside and outside of the package. Our data loggers are able to record the temperature at set intervals and then push that info to a web-based application for further analysis. We ship these packages locally year round and then also to our warmest and coldest regions twice a year. It's really interesting to hear about how you guys determined where you would send tests and how often you would be sending them. So as you were going through this project, did you encounter any obstacles or challenges that you could share with us? Yes, we did. Um, so the process I just described was not actually our first attempt. We skipped all of those steps altogether and just started um, throwing data loggers in padded mailers, coolers, boxes, filling it with bubble wrap, gel packs, whatever we could get our hands on and shipping those out, um, hoping they would stay between 20 and 25 degrees Celsius. Most of them did not because we were doing most of our testing during the summertime and our summers here in Kentucky can get very, very hot. So needless to say, it was extremely inefficient in many ways, time, money, resources. Uh, so we quickly realized that we needed to be more methodical if we were going to pass accreditation in the next couple months. We also anticipated the challenge of explaining to patients that their room temperature medication was going to arrive in a cooler, but that they shouldn't place those medications in the refrigerator. Patients often don't really understand why we do what we do. So we tried to educate our call center staff to explain to this, uh, to their patients and their calls, but we also created an alert that is stapled to every prescription bag that receives our control room temperature packaging, explaining why their medications are being packaged like this and not to put them in the refrigerator. 
It's definitely important to make sure we keep the patients in the loop. So I think it's interesting to hear you explain that piece of this process. So Brooke, could you take us through some of what your key takeaways from this program were? Sure. We have found that controlled room temperature packaging and research is a space that has a lot of opportunity for growth and improvement. We are starting to see more products geared towards control room temperature shipping, but not nearly as much as traditional cold chain. Because the definition of controlled room temperature can be interpreted differently, we are very interested to see the standardization that evolves as more payers and accrediting bodies implement this requirement. And as you're looking forward, what are some of your future plans for the program or any kind of next steps in this ongoing process of finding effective and efficient ways to ensure ongoing validation of shipping conditions? We are continually looking for new and improved ways to meet our accreditation standards while also considering cost of the health system and environmental sustainability. We love networking with other health system specialty pharmacies to discuss best practices and learn how our peers are ensuring safe delivery of medications to their patients. For us, this is an area for continuous improvement. Thank you. So that is all the time we have today. I want to really thank Brooke Rao and Kirsten Lopez for joining us today to discuss controlled room temperature shipping validations. If you haven't before, I encourage you to check out ASHP's Health System Specialty Pharmacy Resource Center. You can find member-exclusive offerings such as the Outcomes Literature Library and webinars on specialty pharmacy topics. Thanks again for tuning in for this session of Hot Topics in Pharmacy Practice. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation and be sure to subscribe to the ASHP official podcast through your favorite podcast provider. Thank you for listening to ASHP official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.